0: Welcome to the 30 and Nerdy Podcast. Brought to you by Advertising Expressions, Creative Theater, Akita Express, and Encore Theatrical Company. Visit us online at 30andNerdyPodcast.com. Drop us an email at 30andNerdyPod at gmail.com. Like us on Facebook. Follow us on Instagram and Twitter. Become a patron of the show at patreon.com forward slash 30 nerdy podcast. Thanks for tuning in. Hope you enjoy the show. And now, sit back, relax, and get ready to nerd out with your hosts, Josh Davis and Tyler McDaniel.
1: What's up, nerds and nerdettes? This is the podcast where everyone knows your name... Cheers to ya. Cheers to ya. I'm Josh. And I'm Tyler. And this is 30 and Nerdy. And we are coming at you from the fortress of nerditude with yours truly, the registered nerd practitioner, the founder of Nerdledge, the Mac. And it's always great to be joined by my co-host, the juicy one, the Nerdtorious JLD, the PhD of nerdology. Doctor Davis himself. What's up, Doc? Woo! Woo! Mm. Woo!
2: Woo! Woo!
1: Feeling like a million bucks, man. How are you doing? Oh, good, 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 good. Oh, I'm good. You know, um, busy weekend, busy week already, and it's barely started. Um, mm-hmm. uh, Me but too. But we had, we, you know, uh, we wanted to. We normally record on a Sunday. Uh, but we wanted to push it to Tuesday because last night we went to Raw. Yeah. Monday night Raw, right here in Knoxville, Tennessee. Woo! Woo! And it was fun. We went with my older brother Christopher. Mm-hmm. Um, had a lot of, lot of good times. The three of us, mm-hmm. and uh, we just, I mean, when WWE comes this close to us, you know, you you can't say no. Pretty much, yeah. Um, and I haven't
3: like been following the product as closely for like the past. You know, year or so. Yeah, I mean, there's the big
1: pay-per-views yeah, and all that that we always catch up on, and then we're like, well, you know, you can go a couple months before the next one, and they'll catch you up. Yeah. You know, because they make the greatest story montage packages ever. That's true. (laughs) It catches you up, and you're just like, I haven't missed a beat now. But
3: either way, when they come to town... You go. We go because yeah. it's just so much fun. It's such a fun experience. The atmospheres, you know, a lot yeah. of fun. The music and the
1: lights and the big characters and everything. Um, it's so much fun. Our friend David had texted me today saying that he saw that I went to wrestling. Yeah, and I said yeah, and he said I think I'd rather watch Glow on Netflix, and I was like, okay, it's Glow the, is oh, pretty It's good, really the still. only redneck thing we do. But if you look at it the way I look at it, it's Broadway for athletes. It's a show. It's theater. It is theater. It, so, but because of the fact that wrestling does carry that
3: connotation, like oh, it's a southern redneck thing yeah. and all that, that's why Vince Vince McMahon bans the word wrestling on the show. They don't say wrestlers; they say sports, sports entertainment, entertainment because it sounds more dignified and yeah. it has a you know a better connotation uh, to yeah. it. So that's
1: why he he has that yeah um, that rule. But it's always it's always great to get to enjoy that stuff with you. We saw a great show. Even Mayor Kane, Mayor Glenn Jacobs, Knoxville's mayor now, Kane, all hell, devil's favorite the mayor. demon. I mean, did, did you, you ever the big think big mayor the machine? big mayor machine, and he won the twenty four seven title for ten minutes mm-hmm. uh, until truth. Got he it won back. it in Neyland Stadium. In Neyland Stadium, as Mayor Jacobs, yeah. yeah. not as Kane. He won it, and it was really cool. Um, it was really also cool to see the, the stuff they did with their university football team, and uh, Tennessee it, didn't get made fun of at all, which that is great. I, noticed. I, was, I wonder if they were if Kane was like, eh, take it easy, okay? No, he has he has pride <laughs> in his in his uh, yeah in his balls. Yeah, absolutely. Um, somebody has to, <laughs> somebody has to, but we had a lot of fun. Uh, yeah, it was cool. Woo! It was cool. And uh, if you're listening for the first time. Uh, We are on Spotify and iTunes and Google Play and wherever you cast your pod. uh, Your favorite place to listen to podcasts out there in podcast land. Um, You can also check out our YouTube channel where every week we upload what we have already done. Uh, We also do some bonus stuff on our YouTube channel and follow-up Fridays here and there. Uh, Speaking of, we did get to talk on the phone with Shannon Ray of Mm -hmm. Marble City Comic Con again. Dropped some crazy knowledge on us, some surprise stuff that maybe you all don't know yet, especially if you've been too busy to look on Facebook, which is very rare these days because everyone's on Facebook. Um, Kevin Smith and Jason Mewes, you know them as Jay and Silent Bob, Mm -hmm. um, from the View Askewiverse, as I like to call it. They will be at Marvel City Comic Con. Yeah, and they're going to host
3: a a special showing of uh, Kevin Smith's new movie, Jay and Silent Bob Reboot. And it's basically, in the story, from what I understand, Jay and Silent Bob are going to shut down or trying to prevent a reboot of, of Jay and their, Silent
1: Bob Strike Back. Uh, yes, of Jay and Silent Bob Strike Back. Something like their that. They're men and Cro- Chronic characters. Yeah, something like and that. And so basically it's a sequel to Strikes Back, but it's a reboot. Yeah. And it's it's and you can tell that it's Kevin making fun of reboots of yeah. superhero universes. So Kevin Smith is one of my favorite people. So uh, we're obsessed with his podcast, Fat Man Beyond.
3: I'm going to get him to sign. I have uh, he wrote an issue of, of Daredevil, yeah, or not an issue. It was like a whole volume. He did a stint uh, and Green Arrow too. That's really good. He's done a lot of stuff. But I've got a copy of that uh, Daredevil book, and I'm gonna I'm gonna get him to sign that. And if I can get my hands on one of those Kevin Smith
1: pops, oh gosh, there's a couple different versions. I but, bet Man sold out now since the Tall Man Toys and Comics. Yeah, I bet they could probably hook me up with one though. We need to give him a call. Put him in, put put in a call. Yeah. we we'll just we got guys. Yeah. Okay. We got we We've got, got we pops can, guys. We can pull some strings. <laughs> we can pull some strings. Um, if you are listening to us again, thank you. Uh, your subscriptions, your listens. It's fantastic. Um, it just keeps the nerdledge growing. And growing, and uh, if you're a Patreon supporter, thank you very much. Got a new Patreon supporter this past week. Johnny has the keys. Our dear friends David and Tim became Patreon supporters, so likewise, we too became Patreon supporters of them. Oh, great. Um, And that's what it's about, you know, groups helping one another, uh, friends helping one another, and fellow podcasters helping one another. And Patreon supporters get special behind-the-scenes views of our seasons early, Um, gifts. From time to time, um, some random knowledge that in the future may help them with a trivia question. Um, and we're constantly holding contests, so if you're not a Patreon supporter, please take the time to uh, look at our site, take, give a listen to us. If even if it's two dollars a month, uh, your help it, it it helps us grow as nerds. It helps us uh, make a better show. Mm-hmm. To be honest. And uh, it's it's just good to know that fellow nerds are supporting us. Yeah. Um, Thanks, guys. Yeah, absolutely. And and last week's episode, we uh, nerded out in the 90s. That was so much fun. So much fun. That so was a lot fun. of fun. And, you know, we could easily... You could do a whole season on the 90s. Like Probably, for You could sure. do an episode each week on the 90s and just pick something that you nerded about and yeah. break it down. Yeah. Um, but we do not have time to do that. We have a, a, a tenuous schedule. I mean, we've got, you know... Big suits calling the shots over hey, here, you know, and we've deal. got a schedule to get to. So maybe next year yeah, we'll get to some more 90s stuff.
3: Nerd in the 90s, too? Yeah. Nerd in the 90s. Dose?
1: Revenge of the Nerds. Nerd in the 90s. Part 2. Part 2. Strikes Back. Uh, teenage Mutant Nerds of Turtles. The ooze. I think you killed it on that one. That that. was the end of it right there. Cool. (laughs) Give it a few (laughs) weeks. We'll come up with a name. I'm the name (laughs) guy here. So, Uh, and this week, the doc is very excited. Oh man, aren't you? But you are now too. I'm very excited now uh, because you know for weeks now, Doctor Davis has been talking about the boys, and it's time. Everyone needs to watch it, and everyone needs to watch it. And I was like, you know what? Closer to the episode, I'll binge it, and. I have literally found myself when watching through an episode going that I'm going to, to start all over because I love it so much and I want to pick apart details and I, you know like I've literally had to watch some episodes twice just to do the notes because I was locked in mm-hmm. and just just yeah, on the edge of my seat like oh my gosh <laughs> and I, was, I I think I was watching the episode where um the 7th episode the oh uh, I have I've got notes in front of me. I mean, come on. It's the episode before the finale. Yes, which the finale. The Self-Preservation Society. Oh. I, I, ended up, I ended up not taking notes the first time through because I was just, oh, my gosh, oh, my gosh, oh, my yeah. gosh. What's going to happen? What's happening? And I had to go back and watch it again just to take notes. Yep. Um, it's that good, people. So when the doc uh, prescribes you a show to, you know, Take a dose of it. Take you got two a f- doses. you got a fever. Yes.
3: And the only prescription is more the boys. The
1: boys. Yes. Yes. Um, when he prescribes you cow a butt. show, you take a, you take two, then call him in the morning, and uh, you will not regret it. You will be very happy. You take um, eight because there's eight episodes. There the is boys. eight episodes. I meant like watch it twice. Take the whole take, take the whole pack. Take. The, <laughs> you won't. This is a good O.D. to be a part of the boys. Um, and we were very excited uh, to get started on this, but uh, we've got business to take care of. We will get to the boys and some of the rest of the show after a word from our sponsor.
3: Okay, so i got to tell you what I did this weekend. Mm-hmm. Okay, so uh, Emma and I went to see Madagascar Jr., presented by Encore Theatrical Company, uh, one of our fine sponsors here on the program. Mm -hmm. Uh, I got to tell you, guys, this show was great. This is the first time Emma, my two-year-old, she just turned two this past Saturday. This is the first time we've ever tried to take her to a performance or anything like that, and I was really worried because she's kind of like her daddy in the sense that her attention span (laughs) is not you know, the best.
1: Like a peanut. Yeah,
3: so... Um, I was really nervous that she'd want to like get down and run around and all that, and I'd have to take her out. No. Look, her eyes were glued to the stage. This was an hour-long show. Her eyes were totally glued to the stage. She didn't talk. She didn't do anything except watch the show. And sometimes when they were dancing, like there's this thing where they do, I like to move it, move yeah. it, and all that. If you've seen the movie, you know, right? Yeah. So Emma started kind of waving her arms a little bit, like getting into it then. But that was it. So she was totally entranced with this show and so was i the music was great the uh the the lights and the set and and all that stuff the energy that these kids and the cast had man it was just phenomenal and you guys out there you've got to see what the hype is all about next time there's an encore show they're gonna have the rocky horror show coming up in october
1: october 18th and 19th It's it's a double feature night so two on one day and two on the other
3: my fine co-host here is is a big part of that mm-hmm, show. Mm-hmm. Um, we also have Oliver coming up uh
1: November. No, Black late November. November weekend yeah. is when it opens up. So lots That's of great classic. stuff going classic on
3: tale. with Encore. Uh it's 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 the place to be. And for more information about Encore, hit etcplays.org and it'll tell you everything you need to know.
0: Hey all you nerds out there in Nerdland. This is David and this is Tim. And we're from Johnny Has the Keys podcast, a podcast where horror and sci-fi shape our lives. You're listening to Josh and Tyler of the Thirty and Nerdy podcast where they discuss, debate and break it down with nerd culture and the nerds that reside there. If you like listening to these guys, consider coming over to the Dark Side with us on your favorite podcast platform of choice. Cheers to you nerds and don't forget your keys.
1: All right, nerds and nerdettes, it is time for me to talk nerdy to you. Oh yeah. Since we are talking about the boys and the superhero world, like you have never seen it before, um, I went through some different superhero lore and uh, found some nerdy slang terms for superheroes. Ooh. Uh, There are four big ones. Uh, One comes from the DC universe, where they're called metas. Uh, like the Flash and Superman and Wonder Woman, Martian Manhunter—they are considered metas because they are meta-human. Mm-hmm. They are above human. Even though, um, like Superman is Kryptonian, he is an alien. They still call him meta-human. I mean, he looks—he he looks like a human. He, yeah, he looks like a human, but he—it's yeah. you know far superior in speed, strength, and he can fly. And uh, of course, we're going to be talking about the boys. What they call. Superheroes in their world, uh, especially Butcher, says it constantly, and it's soups. Mm -hmm. S U P E S soups. It's not like you know. Didn't your mama tell you to eat your chunky soups? Chunky soup. (laughs) And this was uh, the boys was also a comic of the same name from uh, Wildstorm and Dynamite Comics, Mm -hmm. uh, which is now a uh, DC affiliate. DC affiliate. It's a different and until the New Fifty Two Rebirth. Uh, they were a separate universe. But this newest 52 Rebirth brought them all together. So there's actually a comic book out there where I think uh, the Wildcats and Gen Team meet Superman and Batman. It's, it's, it's a whole massive thing. I'll and, take your word. Yeah, we <laughs> don't. I, I, um, <laughs> it's, it's honestly, you could you could read for hours on the red tape behind comic books and stuff. Um so soups you'll hear us say that a lot in this episode so we went ahead and uh educated you on that. Uh number 3 the Marvel term for superhero is enhanced or mutant. Uh enhanced was made popular in the MCU because they could not say mutants because of Fox. And in the X-Men universe, muties, mutants, blah blah mm-hmm. blah, but enhanced is used to like the Maximoffs. Um they even consider Captain America enhanced. Well, uh, is. The Hulk isn't enhanced. Mm-hmm. Uh, it was really made popular by... Uh, who's the general from the Hulk? Turns uh, into the Red uh, Hulk. Uh, Thunderbolt, Thunderbolt. Th- Ross. Ross. Yeah, he calls them enhanced constantly in Civil War. Um, the fourth term and the final term comes from a popular novel that I'm shocked you have not read, and I've read it. Uh, it's called Worm. Yeah, I don't know that one. It's uh, mm-hmm. by John C. McRae, and uh, basically the... Premise is a girl who is bullied wakes up one day with super abilities. Yeah, and meets take that bullies. other people in the universe with superpowers, and the government calls them parahumans. Does she go all all carry on the bullies? Uh, she has to be guided to the right direction. Oh, okay. Which I mean, in real life, if you were to wake up with superhuman strength or something, would you not be like, "How can I use this? You." Mm most definitely. TK who who ruined never Dumbledore's Dumbledore death for me. Never. <laughs> Throw his car like in Shazam. It's like, yeah, Dumbledore died. Yeah, well I heard your car die. <laughs> so those are four uh, nerdy superhero slang terms. Uh, metas, soups, enhanced and parahuman. And uh, since I'm done talking nerdy to you, why don't we get to your favorite segment? Called What, what You watching? watching? So, I know this is kind of a stupid question, but what you watching?
3: So, it's real simple. Okay. The boys. Yes. The boys. For the boys. Okay. So, uh, this is kind of a cop out, I know that. But I'm telling you, if you haven't seen The Boys, this is the thing to see. You know, mm-hmm. I cannot recommend. Anything else I more highly than the boys? ever recommended
1: a show to me with the passion that you have recommended the boys? Probably not. Yeah. I've been pretty enthusiastic about it. Yes. And it paid off. Like, mm-hmm. there's not once where I've been like, that gummit, Josh. You gave I've, me a dud. I have good taste. You do. When you. I definitely am a. what is it they say in How I Met Your Mother? I'm a stamp. Uh, I stamp very easily and I recommend very easily. Like, I'm just like, oh, yeah, Josh, you'd love it. You'd love it. Check, yeah, t- check that's it out. True. You're just that's, like, true. That's, that's true. That's just... true. No, Tyler, I yeah. don't. I'm not binging this. Yeah. Oh, no, no, no. Now I got another show for you. Okay, I'm not into this. But you, when you recommend something, I know it's good because you don't just willy nilly water it down. You that's take true. the time to be like, nope, not recommending it. That's or true. It. Absolutely. Yeah. So, people, listen to the doctor. The Boys is the most fantastic show recently that I've laid eyes on. Have um, we already said that if you got a fever, the only, the only prescription, prescription is more the boys. The boys. Further. Um, I actually, aside from watching the boys, I have uh, been reading a comic book Ooh. of sort given to me by our dear friend Alex Cooper. Mm-hmm. He wanted uh, my take on it. And if you have not read it, number one, I'd be shocked. And number two, you can read it when I'm done. I have started reading The Superior Spider Man. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. Yep, yep, yep. Doc Ock is Spider Man. Yeah. And little brain slash Thompson is the Venom and mm-hmm. he's Agent Venom. he starts out like I'm in control. I'm in control of this. He's Agent Venom. He's you know, I'm in control of the symbiote, you know. Um, I haven't gotten too far in because I've been watching the boys, but it starts out like I was just like, Wow, this is Yeah. This is intriguing. Yeah. This could be a good movie. Possibly in the new animated style that. Yeah, it would make a great animated movie for sure. It would. Yeah. Um, just, st- I mean, starting out, it grasped my attention. So yeah. I was like, okay, this is new. This is cool. This is a spin. Uh, I'm hooked. When I'm done binging the boys, I'll get back to you. Yeah,
3: it'll, it'll receive my full attention yes. after this.
1: Um, and I've also been listening to this new a uh, podcast uh it's not new it's been around for a little bit but it's new to me it's called for your reference podcast I've heard and of it. they uh break it's this uh really cool duo and uh they break down movies you know they reference you to movies um and they also did an episode on the boys show so you're basically recommending a show that's
3: exactly like our show but not our show
1: well, it's it's a, not as vague as ours. They do stuff that we won't do either. Oh. Like, they, you know, they'll talk about Rambo. They're probably not PG, though. Nope. They are not. are. They are not PG. I love their show, but uh, definitely not PG. But definitely worth checking out if you are fine with uh, PG-13 and up, uh, you know, language. Because mm-hmm. uh, she gets passionate, and she is very passionate about the show 30 Rock. Uh it's uh, KT and Odie, I believe, are their names. Um, and they've actually been sharing a lot of our stuff on social media. Really? And commenting on it and gave us this really nice review on our iTunes podcast. Wow. And it was really nice. It was like she loves the stuff, that the nerdy stuff. And I was just like, I love your show. Yeah. and That's uh, awesome. But yeah, I mean, she has a killer Australian accent that is Ooh. just beautiful. Um, but yeah. Uh, Aside from the boys and the Superior Spider-Man, I found a new podcast that I thoroughly enjoy. Um, to add to my list, of, that's all I listen to throughout the week is podcasts yep. now. Me too, pretty much. <laughs> um, but in a world where the radio is just repetitive of the same old stuff, it's nice to have good podcasts to listen to. Yeah. Um, but yeah, uh, that brings us to... The Nerd News. Let's dive right in here. Let's unpack the news. In the battle for Keanu Reeves to join the world of superhero movies, one of DC's writers from CW said, Let's be real. WB bringing him back as Neo in Matrix 4 is obviously a small strategic move to either bring him in as Deathstroke or bring him back as Constantine. I thought that we already had a Deathstroke. They stopped it, remember? After that Justice League debacle and Ben left and Cavill has left, why would they need... But,
3: okay, that's the thing. I can't keep up with what counts and what didn't count in DC.
1: Matt Reeves and Gunn, uh, James Gunn, their DC universe has basically admitted to we're going to wipe a lot of that under the rug. But the problem is... Is the bad stuff fans don't forget. You can't make us ignore the fact that we had a crappy Batman versus Superman and a weak Justice League movie. We won't forget it. Yeah. Especially a DC fanatic like myself. It's hard to forgive that. You know, Justice League was totally watchable. It was watchable. You know, I I didn't really have much. So was the first Ghost Rider. It was watchable.
3: But for you to say, you know, it was weak, I think that's very accurate. Yeah. It wasn't great. It wasn't awful. It well, was
1: just kind of weak. It was just kind of
3: meh.
1: I mean, there were good things, and there were bad things, and the bad things to me outweighed the good. Yeah. Uh, so basically, Reeves and Gunn are trying to save us, well, like Chris Jericho, or power to, to save us, um, and. Apparently, a, CD, a CW writer was doing an interview about uh, the upcoming seasons of Arrow and Flash. And uh, they talked about Keanu Reeves in the DC. You know, who would he play? And that's when he said, let's be honest, he's joining WB again to be Neo. So why wouldn't they be like, hey. WB, not WWE. Did I say WB? You did. Sorry. WB. Um, we we were at Raw last night. Right. That's, that's over. The <laughs> um, and... They said that it was a strategic move by the company to say, while you're playing Neo again, we get a few parts in the DC Universe. Now Does it you... work like that? Oh, come on. You know that stuff yeah, works Yeah, like but that. he's going to oh, do that so
3: and not, and he's going to turn down the Marvel money? No,
1: he's going to do both. Oh, okay. You know he's going to do both. Okay. Same thing that Gunn's doing. I mean, you can do both. We've proved that. Other actors have proved that. That you can do both... Sides, there's not a clause in their contracts that keep them from doing.
3: Yeah, I guess I just kind of thought that it was going to be a pick or choose kind of thing because all I don't of it was it happening like
1: very soon. I don't think it will be. But What do I know? <sighs> You're just a nerd. <laughs> uh, moving on, Haley Atwell, best known as the MCU's Peggy Carter in Captain America series, will join Tom Cruise and get this mission impossible seven yay yay another mission impossible yay tom cruise is like 60 is he really he's almost 60 years old does he look 60 no fine wine, i'm telling you he is an alien you Mm -hmm. know because he's been accused of being one of the, the lizard people could be could be he's immortal You know, only a lizard person can fly an airplane like that in Top Gun. Right? And come back looking the exact same that he did in the first Top Gun. I mean, have you seen the Top Gun 2 trailer? Yes. He, He looks like... It just upsets me. I've aged like bad cheese, and he ages like fine wine. Ugh. Wow. Moving on. It is rumored that Liam Neeson... I've got a particular set of skills is on a very short list to be Galactus. Saw that. I don't have a problem with it. I think it'd be great. I guess it depends on how to do Galactus. I hope well, they don't do him like that terrible Fantastic force. They definitely are not going to do it like that. <laughs> uh, he would be great. Okay. Okay, moving on. Speaking of casting, both Michael Fassbender and Viggo Mortensen have been approached by Legion's showrunner, who is attached to the project that will bring Doctor Doom into the MCU. So out of the two, Viggo Mortensen, Lord Aragorn, or Fassbender, who just got done being Magneto, in the Fox Universe, as Doctor Doom, which one do you cast? (sighs) If If I had to pick...
3: If I had to pick between those two, I think I'd go with Aragorn because it would just be really weird seeing Fast Magneto as Dr.
1: Doom. Doom just a year or so after. after yeah, yeah, I mean, I'm sure Not he'd be, enough time he'd be right.
3: great if
1: he hadn't already just been Magneto. I would know? love Jason Isaacs as Dr. Doom. Lucius Malfoy. Yeah, yeah, he'd be good. I think he'd be good. Yeah. Um but we'll we'll see. We'll see. Sometimes I think they release nerd news to sway us one direction, and then they shock us. So tantalizing. So tantalizing. Why would you do that? Uh, moving on, Robert Axelrod, voice of Lord Zed, mm, and yeah. Mighty Morphin Power Rangers, has passed away at the yeah, age of 70. saw that. I loved when Zed came in. Mm-hmm. Me too. He was so scary looking. Yeah. Um, That is sad. In uh, the last bit of news, it is reported that with Ewan McGregor returning as Obi-Wan, it will be followed by not just a Darth Maul returning, yeah. but a solo D-plus series of Darth Maul. Yes. And this will show us how he survived, who saved him, and where he has been and what got him to solo. That would be great. I would I would, I would, would watch it a thousand times I, over. I'm all in. Take my money, <laughs> D-plus. If you're bringing it. me more Darth Maul... One of the most underutilized characters in the Star Wars universe, absolutely. Um, Uh, I'm yeah, I'm there. I'm I'm there there for that that one, (laughs) absolutely. Uh, And you know what? There wasn't that much. It just the way I typed it. It looks bigger than it was, but uh, you know, Um, that's all your nerd news for today. You know, nerds, I have been binging The Boys uh, for the past week, and two out of the three nights it took me to binge it, Doctor, I went to our favorite restaurant. Oh, would that be uh, Akita Express? Yes, yes. I did not go in. I drove through because I was like, I got to get back to the boys. Yeah, <laughs> I'm hungry, but can't, I got to get back to miss the, boys. the boys. You yeah. were trying to you were trying to fill that prescription that I that exactly I, I gave you exactly. Yeah. And if I as a registered nerd practitioner I do not have my PhD and I understand that but if I could write a prescription I would write a prescription for more akita. Ooh. Delicious. Yes. Absolutely delicious. If it if it was not just terrible of someone to do I would do eat it every day. And I probably would anyways cuz I don't care what people think. Um, <laughs> I always uh, get the chicken teriyaki myself uh, but they have a great menu. Um, you know, inexpensive prices. Uh, food ready in minutes, Uh, fresh hibachi grill. Best shrimp sauce in town. I'm telling you. The shrimp sauce, if you have not eaten at Akita, you go to try that shrimp sauce and then you will go smack every other hibachi grill you have ever eaten at and been like, you're doing it wrong. Um, And I've tried to ask Quan every time I'm in there, what's the secret, man? He goes, that's why it's a secret, Tyler. (laughs) I'm not going to tell you because you have a podcast. Yeah, (laughs) (laughs) Smart (laughs) man. Dang, smart businessman. They honestly believe in providing the best customer service and fast food for a very reasonable price. Um, And if you haven't tried it, they will make something that you love, whether it's shrimp, chicken, steak. I mean, heck, they have uh, scallops. Oh, yeah. I have never tried a scallop, but they have them. And they have all veggies? They have all veggies for you vegetarians out there. Uh, And they also have hibachi and teriyaki style. And, of course, like we said, the greatest shrimp sauce on the planet. Uh, 10 out of 10 would definitely recommend. Give Akita Express a try. They're at 3100 East Morse Boulevard right here in Morristown, Tennessee. When you stop by, tell them 30 and nerdy sent you. That's right. All right, so, Doc, uh, are you ready? Is it finally time? It's time. It's time that we... On the The boys. boys. (laughs) Oh, yes. Uh, You're giddy with excitement over there. I'm so excited. I know you're excited. Um, I'm very excited, too. Uh, Especially um, since you were correct in in recommending this. uh, I I was latched onto my screen all week. Um, On the edge of my seat, uh, like I said earlier, unable to take notes sometimes because I was just glued
3: yeah I actually did not take a whole lot and this was my second time watching it um, because I was still glued I was just enjoying it so much yeah Uh, I read a headline today I didn't read the actual article so you know who knows because you know the internet but uh, I read a headline today that said The Boys has now become more popular um, as far as like views and stuff Mm -hmm. than every one of the Netflix Marvel uh, shows Daredevil Defenders and all that stuff wow yeah yeah, I mean, in so Punisher would, would and Daredevil can, were pretty would big. That be so. Considered DC money. I, uh, I think it would have to probably. Yeah, it's the small victories, you know. Yeah, well, hey, you gotta uh, take them when you get them. Marvel and uh, TV has
1: not really been uh, the best. Well, it was kind of like we talk about with other things. Just stick to what you're really good at. Stay in the cinematic universe. DC, stay in the television. <laughs> <laughs> um, so. The Boys is an American comic book series written by Gareth Ennis and co-created, designed, and illustrated by Derek Robinson. Robertson, actually, it was originally published by Wildstorm, a partner with DC Comics, a brother, whatever have you, uh, before moving to Dynamite Entertainment. And Wildstorm was actually founded by Jim Lee and is a partner company of DC, and brought its characters into DC with the new 52 reboot in 2011. The series is set between 2006 and 2008, in a world where superheroes exist. However, most of the superheroes in the series universe are corrupt by their celebrity status, and often engage in reckless behavior, compromising the safety of the world. The story follows a small, clandestine, which is secret, means secret, uh, <laughs> CIA squ- I, did, I, I, I used a big word. so uh, I know, I'm glad you cleared it up. Yeah, I wanted to clear it up with the listeners. Uh, they're a secret CIA squad, no, informally known as The Boys, uh, led by Butcher and also consisting of Mother's Milk, The Frenchman, The Female, and new edition Wee, Huey Campbell, who are changed charged with monitoring the superhero community, often leading to gruesome confrontations and dreadful results. In parallel, a key subplot follows Annie, Starlight January, a young and naive superhero who joins the Seven, the most prestigious and corrupt superhero group in the world, and the boy's most powerful enemies. The book was adapted in an Amazon Prime original series by Eric Kripke. What a brilliant mind. Creator of Supernatural. Oh, yes. hey. Creator and producer and writer of Supernatural. Hey, that's uh, cool. It is. Which premiered on July 26, 2019 and was renewed for a second season prior to the premiere date. Yes! Uh, and the Amazon OG show is what we are breaking down today. Indeed we are. We are very excited to break this down.
3: So why don't we talk about uh, the cast and, and the main characters yeah. just for a second. Uh so, Carl Urban, uh, we just got done talking about uh, him and the, Lord of the Rings. The, the two towers a while yep. back. Uh, he plays Billy Butcher. He's the leader of the boys who distrust all individuals with superpowers. He has a particular hatred towards Homelander, whom he believes is responsible for the disappearance of his wife. Mm-hmm. Uh, Jack Quaid as Hughie Huey Campbell. Huey's. Huey's one of my favorites. I love Huey. What was he in before this? Okay, so uh, familiar Jack Quaid was in uh, The Hunger Games. He was one of the kids from one of the other districts. He was one of the bad kids, basically. Um, Not he, in the first one. Yes, the first one. Who got eight and up. I can't remember what no. happened to him. He killed Rue. He's yeah. He was the one that killed. Okay. Spoiler alert. He was the one that killed that killed Rue. Okay, I know. Uh, who he is. Yeah, that was him. Okay. That was wee Huey. Wee Huey. So he he becomes a member of the boys uh, who joins the vigilantes after his girlfriend Robin is killed by a train. And what an opening! Uh, Whoa! What an opening scene, or well, second scene, but still it blew my mind. <laughs> yeah. Robin too. <laughs> so uh, next we have. Uh, and Anthony Anthony spelled with no h uh Anthony star as John Homelander uh just Homelander uh, the extremely powerful leader of the 7 and basically Homelander is Superman but a jerk yeah like if Superman really existed he, this is probably what he would be probably like probably an egomaniac um But says beneath his public image as a noble hero, he is arrogant, sadistic, and cares little about the well-being of those he professes to protect. What a tool! Uh, Aaron Moriarty as Annie January, also known as Starlight. Love Starlight. Love Starlight. A light-emitting superhero and newest member of the Seven. Unlike many other super-powered individuals, Annie is genuine in her efforts to help the public. And that's the source of a lot of her conflict throughout the show. Mm -hmm. And I think why we love her so much. Uh, Next we have Dominique Mm got Wow. As Queen Maeve. I assume she's uh, not from around here, (laughs) based on her name. Uh, I'm going to find out real quick. She's Irish. That makes sense. Uh, okay, so she plays Queen Maeve. She's a veteran member of the Seven who once wanted to protect innocent lives but has become disillusioned and suffers from burnout. Mm-hmm. Jesse T. Usher as A-Train, a speedster member of the Seven. So he's essentially the Flash. Did you know he was in uh,
1: Independence Day 2? I did not. Yeah. Did you see the sequel? I did. I hated it. You hated it? I hated it. Yeah.
3: Wow. Yeah, that's just me. Uh, maybe if I watched it again, I'd like it more. But the one time that I saw it, I was not impressed. Uh, Laz Alonso as Marvin, also known as Mother's Milk, mm-hmm. an imposing member of the boys, he continually promises to leave the group for the safety of his family and because of frequent clashes with Frenchie, but finds himself lured back by Butcher. That old sneaky Butcher. Mm-hmm. Chase... Crawford as Kevin, also known as the Deep, a member of the Seven who possesses the ability to communicate with aquatic life and breathe underwater. Kind of like familiar. Aquaman here. Uh, Tomer Capone as Frenchie. Love Frenchie. Yeah. A member of the boys and Mercenary skilled in munitions, or, ordnance, infiltration, and communications. Frenchie has a tendency to not follow the team's plans, which puts him in repeated conflicts with Mother's Milk. Karen. Fukuhara as Kimiko, the female Kimiko. Is that yeah, actually, Kimiko. Yeah. Uh, the female, a mute, superhuman member of the boys with the power of regeneration, healing, and with enhanced strength and durability, hmm. regenerative healing. Yeah. excuse me. Uh, Nathan Mitchell as Black Noir, a silent ninja type member of the Seven, who possesses superhuman strength and agility and conceals his physical appearance behind a dark costume. You know this? I did not know what uh, Black Noir's power was until
1: just now super he never did anything except play the piano and sit there he throws uh, when he gets in a fight with Kamiko. he has like these dagger like things too oh that's right looks like batteries. Um.
3: yes exactly <laughs> and then last one here um, Elizabeth Shue as Madeline Stilwell a charismatic scheming vice president of Vought International a very
1: good um, antagonist mm-hmm. yeah Jesse or uh the guy playing A Train was is also in the new Shaft movie. Wow. Play Shaft's son. Okay. Yeah. You know, uh
3: his character wasn't uh especially lovable, but I thought he did a good job in the part. And there were times Absolutely. where you know, you're kinda meant to sympathize with him a yeah. little bit. Um even though he killed the main character's girlfriend. girlfriend. Um you know. Um uh, I enjoyed enjoyed. So, HR. you know,
1: that we we've talked about, you know, it has a big DC feel naturally because, you know, they're a partner company with DC and uh when you think of these above average superheroes, these larger than life godlike superheroes, a lot of people lean towards DC because they think of the Justice League, mm-hmm. you know. Um so I, I have here um, most of them. I have all of them except for Starlight. But A Train, we obviously says very equivalent to the Flash. Right. Uh, Black, uh, Black Noir. Noir. Right. Homelander is obviously Superman. Translucent, I think, is Martian Manhunter. That's kind of what I yeah. thought too. Actually, yeah. yeah. Um, the Deep, obviously, Aquaman. Queen Maeve is obviously Wonder Woman. Uh, Lamplighter's Green Lantern, but you don't get to see much of him because he's retiring mm-hmm. at the very beginning of the show. A starlight. So, I think the closest comparison that I can come up with is like Supergirl. Yeah. Um, the whole lighting up powers... I, I don't know of many superheroes that do that. Maybe the beams that she shoots out, it's kind of like Captain Marvel's beams. Yeah. Uh, a little bit. Um...
3: Um, Hers, Captain Marvel is like photon. cosmic, cosmic and, photon and energy. Starlight is like actually, actually pull pulls from yeah, the, the light, light of the sun, it. yeah, or something yeah. like that, yeah.
1: Um, but yeah, Starlight's kind of like five in the Umbrella Academy. Couldn't really think of an equivalent. Oh yeah, um, yeah, just just pretty original. Alright, shall we
3: uh, go ahead and start our rundown? Yeah,
1: let's, uh, let's dive into this.
3: So, uh, episode one is The Name of the Game. Huey Campbell suffers mental trauma after his girlfriend Robin is killed in a high-velocity impact with celebrity superhero A-Train. Lawyers from Vought International, and those are the people who market b- basically market yeah. and own the brands of B-7. the superheroes, yeah. they offer a $45,000 settlement, which Huey hesitates to accept. Aspiring superhero Annie January auditions as Starlight and is accepted to join the Seven following the retirement of the Lamplighter. Arriving at Seven headquarters, she is greeted by the Deep, who blackmails her into giving him sexual favors, we'll say. (laughs) Billy Butcher offers Huey a chance to expose superhero corruption. Butcher takes Huey to a secret soup's Club and shows him security footage of A-Train laughing about Robin's death. Butcher asks Huey to take the settlement money and to plant a bug at Seven Tower, but Huey refuses. In Central Park, Annie meets Huey. They motivate each other to stand up for themselves and face their challenges. Huey plants the bug. Translucent discovers the bug and confronts Huey alone at work. Butcher arrives and together they incapacitate Translucent. Elsewhere, Homelander shoots down the mayor of Baltimore's plane, owing to his attempts to blackmail Vought.
1: A lot happens in this opening, but I think it's handled well. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, we talk about, in these shows that have, you know, multiple arcs going on, that sometimes they fall short when bouncing around. Yeah. But this show nails it.
3: Absolutely, Uh, they do.
1: You don't feel like you've just left arc one going into arc two. You don't feel like, okay, I, I wasn't really finished. Like, you didn't get... It's it's good. It's good. Mm-hmm. Very, satisfying. very satisfying. Very um, satisfying, and <laughs> I uh, to to risk being uh, very transparent about this. Not translucent. Transparent. Uh, you don't want to be translucent you definitely for don't want many to be reasons. Yeah, <laughs> um, I shout. I, I watched the the pilot alone at the house and. <laughs> <laughs> when he runs through Robin, oh, I shouted at the top of my lines, What? <laughs> just shocked the living day. I mean, it's just, it's, there are so many moments in TV, film, what what have you, where you know that throughout the dialogue, you'll be like, okay, there's going to be an awkward moment that cues the big scare or the big moment. You, you're looking for the cue word. Basically, especially us coming from the theater world, you know what the Q word is. The Q word before the action. They didn't give you a Q word. It just comes out the Yeah, it kind
3: of takes you a second to figure out what's going on until he's just standing there holding her her, her severed hands.
1: That's all that that is left of her is her hands. A-Train hit her that hard. Yeah. And just blew her apart. (sighs) Oh. I mean, it was... What
3: a, what a way to, to start the the season, huh? really kind of tells you, this is definitely the tone of this show
1: oh, you learn yeah. in the first five grit. minutes. Grit. Just grit. Gritty. Hardcore yeah. grit. Very um, Pulp Fiction, Sin City type of superhero movie. Just gritty. Not like dark in that illustration-wise, but just, this mm-hmm. is going to be an adult show. Yes. <laughs> um, uh, and, you know, I talked about Jesse Usher, who plays A-Train, being an in Independence Day 2 in the new Shaft. He just started acting like five years ago. Oh, wow. He's really good. He really is. Um, and his first massive gig was Independence Day 2. And then, boom, he just started. So who did he play in Independence Day 2? He played Will Smith's son. Oh, wow. That was him. Growing, all. He grown didn't up.
3: even look familiar to me.
1: Yeah. It was not until... I didn't recognize him until that moment where he's in the store with his mask off. And I was like, "Wait a second! Mm-hmm. I've seen him in something." Mm-hmm. And of course, I did what every movie buff does—I got him IMDb yeah. <laughs> and searched him. Um, but it's a great cast, uh, just from the gate. You know these these actors and actresses portraying these characters—they're so believable.
3: Yeah, and especially Homelander, like he's a good bad guy because, and I love the idea of the person who's playing the hero. Actually, is like the worst person. The kind of like the worst that, uh, character.
1: NPH movie that Whedon made. Uh, Doctor Horrible Sing Along. Mm-hmm.
3: Captain Hammer was yeah. the, the really the Nathan villain. Fillion. He yeah. was
1: you know the superhero, the guy who saves the day, but mm-hmm. he's. The worst person ever.
3: Exactly. It's like he looks like the stereotypical superhero. He can fly. He's good looking. His hair is perfect. He's he can strong. shoot lasers out of it. You know. He's like, oh, I'm all American, and yeah. I'm this, and I'm that, and
1: he's, he's a complete, he's a terrible human being. And I don't just mean like, oh, he's a jerk. He's a sadist. Yeah. He's a sociopath. He is a nut job. A loose cannon.
3: Homelander don't care.
1: No, he don't, cause he and he says it multiple times, like I am the strongest being on this planet. Nothing and, can kill me, and everyone is afraid of him. Everyone, even his bosses, yeah. are terrified of him.
3: Well, there's one person who was not afraid, and that's that. We'll talk about that in yes. the. Well, actually, there's a couple people who aren't, but there's a couple people uh, who aren't. Some. We'll talk about a couple specific people later.
1: Um, and I loved. I was not expecting Simon Pegg to be playing okay. his dad. Okay,
3: so there's a reason for that. Okay, so when um, Derek Robertson, who illustrated the, the boys, the comic, uh, when he was trying to design the characters, you know, he had notes from Garth Ennis, the writer. And uh, Wee Huey was described as innocent but with tough determination. And so Derek Robertson saw Simon Pegg in this movie called Spaced. And that sort of inspired Huey's look. So Huey, in the comics, his look is based on Simon Pegg. But like, you know, 20 years ago or whenever it was. Wow. And so he also did like a little forward for the comic books. Like, he you know, he wrote a thing in the beginning. And then, of course, he was in the show.
2: That's
1: cool. Yeah. So that's wow. the connection there. The more you know. Yeah. Um. And this in this, you, you know, you talked about the deep forcing himself... In a very terrible way on young, newly hired uh, Starlight. Yeah, he kind of seems a terrible human. He kind of
3: seems like he's going to be okay. Like he, maybe he's a nice guy, I mean, and especially when he so starts much. giving
1: the tour and they do the the press conference together and at the Lamplighter's retirement thing, and you know he's showing her the screens and he's like, you know, we got this, we got this, and uh, it's pretty cool. You know, I'm I'm the deep. You know, I do this, and you are like, okay, so where are we going with this? And then, the moment happens, and you're just like, wow, Mm -hmm. what a terrible guy.
3: I don't know, I kind of felt like, once they got into the room, with the table, the V table, like V for for Vought, for Vought, um, and she was looking away, and she started talking about, oh, you know, I used to have a crush on you, and all this stuff,
1: I was like, okay, something's going on here. Something wicked this way comes. And it did. Um, and Jimmy Fallon has a segment.
3: Oh yeah, he the had the he had Translucent, they had Translucent on the show. On. Uh, Translucent, he's a schmuck too.
1: He is Man. like he's not like a villain. Mm-hmm. Like like Homelander or something. Like he's not that kind of bad.
3: He's a creeper. He's
1: just a creep. He's just a schmuck.
3: And like so the whole reason that he caught Huey with the uh, little tracking thing, the bug was because Huey went to the bathroom and he dropped it on the floor, and translucent was hanging out in there. And for, invisible. And for him to be invisible, he has to be nude. Nude, yeah. So he like hangs out in the bathroom waiting on the lady heroes to come in, and he stands in there and watches them and stuff because he's a but Mave knows he's there.
1: Yeah, she does. Yeah, that's she's right. up to his. She's like, okay. But Huey didn't, you and that's how tricks. he got caught. Yeah. Um. Definitely a show not for kids. Uh, and have I mentioned how much I love Carl Urban?
3: <laughs> Carl Urban was a great dude. Okay, I want you i want you to picture Carl Urban right now. I want you to picture Billy Butcher as I read this little fact okay. to you. Okay. So, in the comics, Butcher's original name was going to be Savage. Uh, writer Garth Ennis described Butcher as having a dark, cruel smile of malicious intent. And when you think about Carl Urban as Butcher... And you think dark, cruel smile of malicious intent. He totally nailed it. Especially
1: okay. when he corners Mesmer in the. Oh, yeah. Like they run into each other in the train station and he just sits there with that smirk on his mouth. Very Negan.
2: I
3: had the Negan connection too. Uh, in the comics at the end they've got some like you know conception art like this is these are all the original faces that they had for Butcher and and the illustrator just couldn't get it right until he got that description from the writer dark cruel smile of malicious intent and then like that Butcher was born and then that's you know they have all the pictures in the book of none of the faces just looked right and yeah. as soon as he got that little bit of info yeah. then you see Butcher and man he that smile is there you know yeah. And Carl Urban, he had he it, nails too.
1: it. Absolutely. Oh, my gosh. He's amazing. Um, and Homelander kind of reminds me of Chris Pine. Me, too. A little bit. Me, too. Uh, sometimes, like a cross of Chris Pine and Bradley Cooper.
3: Oh, yeah. I can see that, too.
1: Sometimes. Uh, but, yeah. I mean, it was a fantastic first episode. Leaves you hooked. Uh, leaves you wanting more. Uh, and all of these are, like, an hour long. Mm-hmm. So... These are almost movies, mm-hmm. so they're done well. You don't get tired.
3: Shall we move on to episode yeah, two? absolutely. This one is called Cherry. So Butcher and Huey take Translucent to Frenchie, who makes a meta bullet to pierce his diamond hard skin, but it fails to kill Translucent. Butcher turns to CIA Deputy Director Susan Raynor for the Mallory Files, but she refuses. Vaught VP Madeline Stillwell tells Seven Leader Homelander about the evidence Deep found incriminating him for the plane crash, so she handles it while he talks to Deep. The night Starlight teams up with the Deep, she promises to kill him if he ever tries to sexually assault her again. Stillwell blackmails Oklahoma Senator Calhoun into allowing a vote that could enable Vaught to contract superheroes to the military. Annie stops a rape, unaware she's being recorded. Her agent, Ashley, rages at her because of the negative exposure and legal implications. While Homelander searches for Translucent, Frenchie decides to place a C4 in Translucent's colon, who then fearfully reveals A-Train was with his girlfriend Popclaw before he killed Robin. They learn Homelander is nearby and cannot risk killing Translucent. Because he would would hear it, or he he would see it. He can see through walls and stuff, too. Uh, So, Frenchie and Butcher cause an explosive distraction. Translucent escapes and convinces Huey to let him go. But, Huey changes his mind and detonates the C4, killing Translucent. Death from a bomb in your butt.
1: Oh, God. There are... There are less creative ways to go. (laughs) That's true. (laughs) Um, And I think what cued Huey to do that was, you know, he was trying to be nice and translucent goes you know i'll forget you you know you're not the killer huey you're not a butch you're not the killer you know and as he's walking away he says you can leave this and just go live a life and those are the words that kind of what life my girlfriend's dead my girlfriend was just murdered by your your number one your top guy And you're telling me to just ignore this and live a life? And any time you know Huey's about to snap, you hear that high-pitched ringing coming. And he just pushes the button. I was like, whoa! It reminds me a lot. We might have made this connection
3: before, I don't know. But it reminds me a lot of Wanted. Uh, Yes. And Wanted is another favorite uh, of mine.
1: When he starts to, he gets recruited first. Mm-hmm. He has, he good. thinks
3: he has all this terrible anxiety, you know, and um, he has really, like, a really bad temper, like, yeah. temper issues, Um and he just loses it, and that's kind of, and, and on the outside looking in, you know, he's like, you know, it doesn't look like he's going to hurt anybody, people take advantage of him, you know, mm-hmm. and
1: then there's really underneath all that, mm-hmm. a warrior, you know. Yeah, I mean it's kind of like also in like Fight Club when uh, Edward Norton's character creates. Yeah, Tyler. Yeah, Brad Pitt's character. Yeah, I mean same thing. Uh, that's kind of his subconscious. Like I could never do this, but Tyler can. It's why
3: you don't mess with the little guys? Absolutely. Uh, and I'll, I want to talk about this this thing here about um, Starlight stopping the 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 rape thing. Mm-hmm. So. She's doing what she's supposed to do. She's a superhero. You know? And that's the whole reason she wanted to be in the seven. She she wants to help as many people as she can. She's a true hero. Yeah. And she gets in trouble for it by the her by VOD. The people yeah. yeah. Because it wasn't planned out. It wasn't an assignment given to her. Not her image. She got caught on cell phone cameras and now there's gonna be bad publicity and all that. That is so crazy. Like, you're mad at her for doing her job, you know? And that just shows you how evil and, and what sellouts the seven are and Vought and all that stuff. Absolutely Bad, bad,
1: um, bad, bad, bad stuff. Well, it's just not your image. Like, I remember, how many times throughout the show does the deep actually genuinely keep coming up to, you know, there's really some terrible things happening to the Dolphins. You know? Or, I could do this, you know, and... Blah 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 and still will's just like it's not your image, sweetheart. yeah. That's not your thing. Play to your strengths. You know, and that's such a corporate America answer. It's yeah. not your strengths, baby. You know, you're the fish guy. And privatizing superheroes for the American army's use is totally what would happen. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Superheroes were real. Our Congress would be like, we can... I mean, they basically did it with Captain America, kind of, also.
3: Especially when they're like Homelander, and his cape is the American American flag, flag. and he's like, you know, oh, I grew up in small town USA, and I played baseball, and I
1: I, am ordained by God as a superhero, and this is America, and... This is justice for our country. Everything I'm doing exactly. is better for our country, and all that propaganda he's selling—it's beautiful to the eyes of in the, the average and the ears of the average angry American. I mean, it's it's terrifying, really, because we look at this as this outlandish—it's like, a you know this Oops. outlandish superhero show. No, there's messages in there. There are some very uh, clear
3: if if you watch with a, with with an open eye. Mm-hmm. Um,
1: there are several parallels, I think. Definitely parallels, um, especially for an episode coming up. Yeah, soon. And did Urban does some Jack Sparrowisms? He says "Seve" two or three times, and he's the the only other character I have ever heard say "Seve." Yeah, in I think life it's of. just I think it's just a Cockney thing. Yeah. And uh, he said something about Bob's uncle and you get to go home, you know? I was like, I've only ever heard Jack Sparrow say that. Uh, So it's funny, at the very end of this episode, the closing song is Cherry Bomb. Well, there was a bomb Mm -hmm. in his bum, (laughs) you know? And Cherry Bomb is a high energy, what upbeat song, famous MCU movie. Cherry Bomb,
3: man. Well, that would be the Guardians of the Galaxy. Yes. While they're planning their uh,
1: possibly mm, defense from the Groen-y greatest album ever released is the soundtrack to Guardians of the Galaxy 1. It's up there, man. It's that's way amazing. up there. So, anything else on episode two? I, I like love Frenchie. So. Oh, I me too. You. I love him. Great character. He's
3: another one where it's like, you know, he's this sweet little, sweet little, Fringe lovely guy. guy and then, you know, if you do the wrong thing he's gonna snap and he's gonna you know
1: they're all distorted they all have their demons yes they all have their demons uh go ahead let's move on to episode 3 get some get
3: some as Frenchie and Butcher clean up translucence remains, Huey leaves his home after finally telling his father how he truly feels. Poor Simon Peg. He just mm. wants to sit on the couch and yeah. eat pizza rolls with his son, yeah, exactly. you know. Meanwhile, Starlight gains positive publicity for stopping the date rape, only to learn Stillwell has given her a revealing costume. She declines, but Stillwell forces her to wear it or lose her job. Butcher brings in his former friend, Mother's Milk, to run surveillance on A Train's girlfriend, Popclaw. Huey installs spyware on Popclaw's computer, and they learn that A-Train takes a performance-enhancing substance known as Compound V. Butcher wants to expose them before soups can be allowed into the armed forces, but he still needs a vial of Compound V from A-Train's race with Shockwave. Before the race, Huey meets Annie as Starlight, inviting her to lunch. The two open up to each other, leading to their exchanging numbers. A train uses a vial to win the race and breaks his promise to Popclaw, announcing he is single. With milk deducing Popclaw, swiped some vials. I think there's some kind of typo there. Mm-hmm. With milk deducing Popclaw swipe I don't know what that means. Yeah. They find her heartbroken, high, and in the midst of killing her landlord during hypercharged sexual relations. She kinda really did a number on that poor guy there. Uh, a butcher uses this opportunity to blackmail Popclaw as an informant. At Vought headquarters, Homelander reveals Translucent's remains to Stillwell, along with Butcher's message: "Coming for you." Ooh.
1: They are coming. Um, a lot happens. I mean, it's like I said, you know, a lot happens in these episodes, but they do it so well that you don't miss anything. Um, and we've talked about this with Lord of the Rings with. Uh, the Umbrella Academy music choices um, in shows and film make or break. Mm-hmm. Um, like uh, you know, watching through these, even if it's the ambionic movie and the movie music in the back or mood music, to the fast-paced fight music that's used, that's created in the studio. To even their soundtrack choices, like Cherry Bomb in the last episode. Uh, these guys that make that choice, that those make those selections and do that kind of stuff, they're really the unsung heroes. Of this. Mm-hmm. I mean, they bring a mood that some of the physical aspects of stuff can't bring. It would feel pretty empty without it. Yeah, absolutely. Mm-hmm. Um, and this is the episode, you know, like I said, Huey yells at his father. Um, I think that... That that's kind of a cliche in a lot of um, superhero type shows and movies. Is there's turbulence in kid and parent relationships? Yeah. Um, and and for a reason, but not just superhero. But I think it's a very used quite a bit. It's used. Yeah. Quite a
3: bit. But this was in this was in such a way that, like. Okay, so, like, Huey and his dad, their whole lives, they've just kind of laid low, hang out on the couch on Friday night.
1: Never stick up eat, for themselves. Eat
3: pizza rolls, you know, and in the first scene, in the first episode, Robin talks about how, like, you know, Huey, you don't ha- She's basically telling him to man up a little bit, you yeah. know, and, like, she was the one that had to ask him out for their first date and stuff like that. She's the
1: one having to say, move in with me.
3: And now that this big traumatic thing has happened to Huey and he's started this new adventure with the boys and everything, like... He realizes like, he doesn't want to live that life anymore. He, yeah. he can't just sit there and let life pass him by and not stand up for
1: himself. Yeah, and, and his dad's like, you love pizza rolls. And he's like, when I was seven, yeah. Dad, I'm not seven. His dad means well. He really does. He's a sweet guy and great English, like American accent. Oh, yeah. Simon Pegg does a great American accent. Um, and, and he really does mean well, but he's just... He's also cowardly in the aspect of take the check... He didn't mean to, you know. He's sorry. He saves us every day. He's a superhero. And just, yeah. And well, just he like, cr-
3: he tells him he's like, you know, you don't have the fight in you to to
1: take this any farther. Yeah. You don't have the fight in you. you. You never have. Because we we don't fight. Yeah. We're even. I'm not that way. Um, it's kind of sad. Kind of sad to see that. Um, what do you think about Mother's Milk? I think he would be a great John Stewart Green Lantern. I could see that. If Indrasel, but what Indrasel was my dream casting for, that Green Lantern. But it's got to be good, or he'd be a good Cage.
3: Yeah, I agree. Um, I like him. I, like... I didn't really care much about Mother's Milk my first watch through, but this time when I paid close attention to, uh, you know, some of his line, he had some really uh, quick one-liners here mm-hmm. and there. Um, so I really enjoyed Mother's Milk a lot this time. I loved the scene when he shows up and. Huey can't tell if Mother's Milk is serious about his name or not. And it's like, no, my mother actually named me Mother's Milk. And he goes, did she? Because he just he, can't figure it out. Uh maybe? No, Huey. His, his real name is Marvin. Yeah. But I love when he gets a phone call. From his wife. What's his lady's name again? Monique. He's like, oh, you know, we're going to. We're gonna go get get some get
1: you, steaks. Yeah, get you a pedicure. I, I, didn't, I didn't get to. Oh my gosh, baby, I'm so sorry. I didn't. I didn't season the tilapia. But what about what about this on the way home? I'll grab two big fillets. That bottle of wine you love, and they're all just watching him. Like what? I'm I'm just gonna say it.
3: Mm. It's pretty bad.
1: Whipped. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's funny though because he's like, "You too," and then you can hear her go. Ah, and he's like, "You're right, you're right, I, you're right, you're right." I love you too. And he hungs up, and they're like, "Are you serious? What is that?"
3: Speaking of that, talked a little bit about Popclaw and A Train. There is, a, you remember the really weird scene where, like, you know, they're watching them on the cameras. The boys are watching A Train and Popclaw, and like. They're, you know, enjoying their alone time, a little bit. Yeah. And you think it's going to be one thing that happens. But they have this weird foot thing that they do. Yeah. Like, she sucks on his toes and stuff. Yeah. I was not expecting that.
1: not expecting it. And Popclaw's kind of like the Omega Red character. You know, the... Or Wolverine, kind of. You know, like, she's a Weapon X. Like, she has the claws that come out of... Almost like Omega Reds. Mm -hmm. You know, it comes out of her wrists. Um, And... She's just a junkie, a a I'm guessing a upstarting superhero had her glory days. Um, must have got injured or just got left in the dust by the seven. Um, can't come out as a couple because Stillwell won't allow it. Because <laughs> mm-hmm. well, that's they, just not their image. Well, yeah, and they probably mark it to like young.
3: You know, young women, teenagers and and stuff, like, you know, look at A-Train, you know, he's hot stuff and stuff, and if it's like, oh, you know, he's tied down.
1: He's tied down by his junkie, you know, no longer does superhero stuff, Mm -hmm. Popclaw. (laughs) What a weird name. Popclaw. Kind of rolls
3: Popclaw. Um, It didn't talk about this in the little summary I just read, but we also learn about the history between Homelander and Queen Maeve. Um, yes, they, they had a relationship, and did. you kind of get the feeling that Queen Maeve, and for a couple other reasons, but get the feeling Queen Maeve really was not so interested in that relationship or did not really want to be a part of it. Yes, um,
1: uh, because she is... Um, she's a lesbian. She's a lesbian. As we find out later. Yeah, and she is not so you, truly you, of the loving kind towards Homelander, and... He has that weird moment at the race, and you know, the Flash versus Kid Flash moment. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, A Train is uh, racing. Who is he racing? Shockwave, Shockwave I think. Shockwave, the second fastest man alive. And the seven have to be there to support A Train because their marketing agents tell them to be there. Right. Um, even though they think it's stupid. And you kind of start to see a cynical side of Maeve. Like, this is all just garbage. Yeah. Like, she's just... I'm just a puppet at this point, And she just doesn't care.
3: Yeah, and I was so back and forth about Queen Maeve. Because sometimes you feel like she really wants to do the right thing. And, you know, she she does want to truly be a hero. And she's had moments where she was in the past. And she talks about that. Like, she messed up her arm from stopping a bus or mm-hmm. from landing on somebody or something. But she's just so far gone that she's just like you know whatever man, and she just kind of goes along with it. She's
1: just yeah, she's, checked out. You know, she's a swim, uh, salmon swimming in the with the rest of the pack, just not going. You think about her. what the deep did
3: to Starlight on her first day. Imagine what Homelander's done to to Mave. You know,
1: to Mave. She's well, he, clearly she scared even, of him. She even says like you know that's not a thing anymore, that never will be a thing. And he's like you know Maeve, if I were to think for a second that you loved anyone else besides me and he squeezes her arm and he's like i just couldn't take it what a creep and he's just sociopathic man um and at the race uh did you catch the clark kent joke i don't know they were smuggling huey in as a mild manner reporter and they put no i didn't even like, think about all it all right here's your name tag you're a mild manner reporter I was like huh? wow I, yeah. did, I did a Jerry Malloy ha ha, ha. <laughs> just <laughs> um, um I didn't even think about um, that but I and I I loved that scene because even though Huey realizes that Annie is Starlight they have a drink together and there's still that that connection that this is the job you were talking about being part of the seven um uh, you know and so on and so forth um well, it's good that he met
3: her when she was Annie yeah. because you see that he knows her as Annie. He,
1: he likes her for her for and Annie. not yeah exactly. for Starlight. Um, and it was really cool. It was it was such a and again it's such an American thing. Oh, we have superheroes. Well, let's get everyone together, make some money, and see who's the fastest. Yeah, you know, I'm shocked that they don't have superhero Olympics to see who the greatest. Superhero hey, Olympiad. We're gonna
3: get a season two, so. Uh, I think uh, the last important thing to talk about uh, was it, the summary did mention that Stillwell told Starlight she had to change her outfit. She had mm-hmm. to have this new kind of sexy uh, costume, and she meets that little girl who Has made made, shift made the costume, costume like Starlight, and looks up to her, and she realizes like. These little girls are watching me, and this is not the type of role model that I want to be. Um, and really takes a toll on her. And that's very telling of, of who Starlight is
1: and, and speaks to her character quite a bit. So I love that moment. Uh, yeah. Um, is this where she... Uh, no, this isn't the episode where she talks to Stillwell about, like, this is what's going to happen. No, no not yet. Not. Okay, okay. So are you ready to move on? Yep. Yeah. Alright, episode 4, The Female of the Species. Butcher? Oh, wait a minute. I'm on the wrong thing
3: here. Hold up. Sorry, sorry, sorry. Okay, episode 4, The Female of the Species. Reading the wrong notes. Following Popclaw's tip, the boys find a triad hideout housing an imprisoned Japanese woman, the female, whom Frenchie frees. After she kills her guards and runs off, Milk finds evidence the female was a test subject. When Huey meets Starlight while bowling... Butcher has him bug her phone. With the compound V supply compromised, A-Train has Popclaw go into hiding while he searches for the female. Stillwell sends Homelander and Queen Maeve to save a hijacked airliner, but Homelander casually abandons the plane when the plane fails, forcing Maeve to choose her survival over the passengers. Frenchie finds evidence leading to Penn Station and makes a momentary connection there with the female, but loses her in the crowd. They corner her on the tracks, but A-Train arrives and tries to kill her. Frenchie attracts the crowd to distract A-Train, allowing the female to escape. The boys corner her again, and Frenchie tries talking to her. She still attacks, so Butcher uses knockout gas. Stillwell is pleased, seeing Homelander use the tragedy to push for militarized supers, rousing the crowd with a speech while Maeve grieves for those she allowed to die. Yeah. So...
1: Again. So American. Because they... Use it using that gaslighting that was pure gaslighting. Like Homelander abandoned it because, you know, his lasers destroyed the controls. They could have, you know Yeah. Pulled up on the controls, but he went crazy and killed the terrorist and, you know, collateral damage was the controls to the plane. Yeah. And when Maeve was like, you know, fly out there and stop the plane, he's like, I don't have anything to stand on.
3: He didn't even try to like no. think about what can we do. Um, he's you just know. like, well, darn. He, Homelander is savage. He, he is macho man Randy Savage level savage. Yes, he is. You know what I mean? Absolutely, is. Yes. That whole scene on the airplane makes me so uncomfortable.
1: Absolutely, you know? He's doing it in front of the victims. Oh. He's like, no, and she's just like, even save this kid. No. So that she can tell people what happened. No, Maeve. And, of course, he says some other obscenities. I will not repeat on here. <laughs> but in front of them all, it's like, you know. And, again, Maeve is uh, trying to r- yeah. be a
3: legit hero, you know. Yeah. <sighs> Homelander's the worst. I think that's
1: because Starlight's rubbing off on her. She sees in Starlight, like, oh, man, you know, that's what I was. A bright-eyed, bushy-tailed hero. That's true, too. Because um, you slowly start to see her becoming more of that Maeve the day she spends around Starlight. Um,
3: this episode, uh, Open, was one of my favorites. Uh, it's Butcher waking up to a hearty breakfast of Hot Pockets and beer. Mm-hmm. And I think he was watching the video footage of his wife, Rebecca, sitting on the Her bench, right? yeah. Yeah. Um, but I love that, seeing him get hot up and Hot Pockets and beer. Make the Hot Pockets, sit there. Breakfast like, of champions. He was ready to start the day. Yeah.
1: Um, and, um, this is where we 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 make we don't know her name's Kamiko yet mhm but the female. the female uh, she is a soup mhm but my guess is that's a foreshadow to maybe season 2 that she might not have started out as a soup she wasn't yeah she was like seen a, in a flashback, a, she, was she was like was a, a test subject a test subject for military she was made into a soup as an adult right um Which is definitely foreshadowing, you know. Um, She doesn't speak, but she has severely strong... (laughs) She is severely strong, can heal, (laughs) and she's like Wolverine. Yeah. um, Basically.
3: But, you know, I, I probably cared about the female the least out of all the boys. Huh. You know? Well... I mean, well, I guess it's because she, she didn't talk. Late. Yeah, and maybe that too. She didn't talk. I mean, I loved the stuff with her and Frenchie. That was yeah. cool,
1: but um,
3: yeah, I just wasn't really into well, her. It as was much.
1: kind of a subplot. <laughs> yeah, that was introduced halfway through. Mm-hmm. Uh, that honestly, aside from a flashback, they didn't answer her subplot. This one note I wrote down in the finale was: "What about the Kamiko subplot?" I guess it goes into season two. Hopefully, hopefully. I'd like um, I'd like to see
3: more. I have a note here. I don't know I don't know what uh, the context was, but I must have thought it was funny. Mother's milk calls Huey a white Steve Urkel. <laughs> yeah, so love yeah. that.
1: Um, I have a note here. Um, don't you hate when you're on a cute date at the bowling alley and those pesky illusions of your dead girlfriend start happening? To just put a damper on It just spoils everything. It really does. It's like, sweetheart, go home. I'm on a date. You're dead. You know. Is he seeing her because... It's, I, it's guilt. I,
3: that's what I thought, too. I thought it's, that it was a it, ghost. guilt, a guilt ghost. of, you know, because he's starting to really like Starlight. Yeah. But I don't know. Sometimes I felt like it was just so all of a sudden. I, I, I looked for him to maybe look at Starlight in a, you know admiring way like oh well she's great you know and then it happened mm-hmm. but it, it didn't seem to be that way it was just like it would just click on it was on.
1: almost like when he started getting comfortable it's like it's like the subconscious like whoa 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 yeah well Robin's her girlfriend just died
3: Robin's the whole reason that he's caught up in this whole mess yeah. anyway you know yeah um, and, that's, and that's part of why Butcher gets so frustrated with you it's like you know one she's a soup we hate yeah. soups you know you cannot trust her they're all the same and two this is distracting you from our mission here, yeah. and this is
1: going to ruin everything. We're bringing down Vaught. We're bringing down Home. But
3: later. that being said, Funko, I would love to have a uh, two-pack uh, pop set of Huey and Starlight, please. On a date. Thank you. At
1: the table? Um, maybe. That'd be cool. Or a moment. Something. She bol- maybe them on the bench. Or oh, the bench. That'd be, That'd good be really good. That would be a good one. What about, uh, we cannot quote this. On our show, but this is the episode where we hear the Spice Girls speech. So
3: yeah, I put, is this Spice Girls info correct? Because Butcher goes through this list of all these things that are going on with the Spice Girls. They are. And all that stuff was true. All of it happened. Uh, it was a nice analogy either way that he made there. Yes. They're Butcher. He says, uh, he, he says what he says about them. He says, apart, they're rubbish. But together, they're the GDMFN Spice Girls. And his analogy here is he's trying to explain to the boys... We can't separate. we, we got to be together. Yes. It's the only way... Together we are the Spice Girls.
1: Yeah. Uh, because... He makes that analogy because Becca loves the Spice Girls. Oh, yeah. yeah. She she was remembering that flashback sequence. That's why he knows all about them. That's why. She's like, they're only reuniting for this one year and... I have an opportunity tickets. I want to take you, and he's like, "Oh God, I've got to."
3: I didn't to- even think about that. It's a spice Girls oh tour that yeah, that's right. And he's like, "Oh, year. go with go with your friend, yeah. go with your girlfriend, or whatever." It
1: happened our freshman year of college. Wow, it was the, that last reunion they did, and that's what she's talking about. Didn't even yeah. duh. I didn't like, even think about it. I was like, "Oh, he's he now he's hooked." He's like, "What sporty Spice up to?" <laughs>
3: But it's a good analogy, because analogy. once again, Mother's Milk and Frenchie are out each other's throats, mm-hmm. and you can tell that during their time apart, they probably weren't sending each other Christmas cards and no, stuff, no, no. so, uh, you know, that was um, nice. Oh, this is also the episode with uh, the Deep and the Dolphin. <laughs> he rescues the Dolphin, and it wasn't in the summary, but he's driving the Dolphin in the van, and he's having a conversation with the Dolphin, and he slams the on the try brakes. To
1: stop him, because he's hijack the dolphin from ocean world or whatever they're yeah. trying to open up that he's the face of and he slams on the brakes and the dolphin this slow motion camera cutting shows the dolphin slowly inching past him he looks at the dolphin dolphin looks at it goes
3: oh, no! slams
1: through the window and gets ran over by a semi just a whoa moment it's like
3: this is sort of like symbolic of the deep and what his life is
1: like right now. He's losing him. Just man. a bunch of dolphin He's bits on the touch. side of the exactly. highway. Just a bunch of canned dolphin.
3: Probably the most unusual and disturbing thing that I have ever seen. The In dolphin thing. Wow. In a while. I remember absolutely. getting a, I got a text from Zach, uh, Zach from Advertising Expressions, one of our fine sponsors. He was watching the show a couple of weeks ago and he texted me during that. And he was like, wow, I don't even know what to say about that. Yeah. Like, yeah. Yeah.
1: What a he thing! Used to make a hat that says "Can Dolphin"?
3: Oh, too soon. That scene was brutal, though, man.
1: It's a really brutal scene, and but it's also kind of comedic genius. He's sitting there arguing. Yeah. It's like, no, not yet. We don't have time for this. Talking to the dolphin while they're trying to escape. I, when I get you there, we'll discuss it. But we don't have time for this. Um, All right, you want to move on? Uh, just another comment on the gaslighting. It just seemed familiar. Did it not? It should. Yeah, it, it should. just seems familiar. That's all. I'll oh, say. but I mean,
3: that's a great lead into the next episode.
1: Our probably my favorite most episode. uncomfortable favorite episode. Episode five, good, good for, for the, the soul.
3: soul. So, what we have here for episode five? Okay, it says. At the Believe Expo, Starlight talks with teens while being quietly directed to push an agenda. While Butcher has Huey meet Ezekiel, the Expo host, in their next lead, and he's like a big—he's
1: um, Mister Fantastic.
3: Yes, he's those a are his powers. Man. He's st- but he's stretchy. He's but he's like a big uh, guy in the church, and he does like he's like a like a minister, you might say. I guess
1: A contemporary. Yes. Yeah. Huh. Um, He's a Tony Nolan. He's a, you know, the lead singer of the Casting Crowns. He's...
3: That's a good... Yeah.
1: Yeah, that's a good connection.
3: Uh, so Mae feels guilty for letting Flight 37 crash and visits her ex-girlfriend, Elena, but leaves before explaining herself fully. Butcher takes time to talk with Rachel, his sister-in-law, over putting a tombstone to Becca. After... A-Train kills Popclaw for betraying him. He finds surveillance footage of Frenchie. After Homelander exits a meeting with Ezekiel, Huey extorts Ezekiel for information about Compound V. One of my favorite scenes right there. Mm -hmm. Homelander rallies the crowd with an impromptu, hardline speech, energizing the crowd. Starlight breaks script to honestly open up about how she feels about her faith while also publicly revealing her sexual assault. She walks off, with Huey coming by to comfort her and to explain himself about Robin's death and needing some means of coping. Butcher and Milk discover babies exposed to Compound V to manufacture supers. Frenchie discovers seven-member Black Noir is looking for him. Attempting to escape, he is told to leave the female behind, but releases her out of sympathy. She seemingly dies protecting him from Black Noir, but then awakens
1: and her wounds immediately heal.
2: Well,
3: so.
1: Popclaw's not going to be in season two.
3: Yeah, uh, A-Train and Popclaw, worst breakup ever. Yeah. He uh, shows up, kind of comforts her for a minute, and stabs her with like eight, yeah, eight heroin, heroin, heroin needles.
1: Yeah, heroin needles. Oh, deezer. And at least it was quick. Oof, God. What a thing. The Believe Expo is... um. I have
3: strong opinions about a lot of the content in this episode. Unsettling...
1: And also very reminiscent of growing up in the Bible belt and especially this town.
3: Yeah. Um look I, I don't want to offend people yeah, here, you by know. By no
1: mean do we want to be offensive, but, but
3: there's a strong message here, guys. Yeah. There's there's some very strong parallels of, of agendas. Yeah. Um that's I mean, and I think that's really all. I feel led to say about it I, I think you know people get, if, if you watch the show and you watch the episode you probably have your own opinions whatever but um, to me strong connections strong message um,
1: and not the message that's on the surface I mean they're trying to push the message of why they did the episode
3: essentially Vought is using religion and people's faith as for profit, I mean, yeah. they're they're marketing their superheroes as being chosen by God, yeah. and Homelander comes and you know he holds his arm and he turns it into this big speech about why the military sh- should because accept. Because ordained by God. Yeah, it's like you know I was chosen by God to 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 be a hero for you, and he floats out among the people, mm-hmm. and they're all going crazy for it's him. A messiahdom. It was yes, a very messiah, exactly, moment,
1: and very. Like, I had this was another one that I had to watch again just to take notes because I was glued to the TV, like, oh my gosh. Just, wow, this is weird.
3: Can, so there's this part where Huey gets the, like, the extra VIP pass from Starlight to get close to Ezekiel. um, And they all get, like, baptized. Do you remember that? Yes. Can just any can just anybody perform a baptism? Is Homelander qualified to no, do that? I
1: remember, uh, Ezekiel says Homelander's an ordained minister now. Oh, that's right, that's right. And he's yeah. like, "That's right, and I am here to baptize you." So the answer is yes. He is yes, qualified. He is
3: qualified, um, man. Huey is smooth, son. When he confronted
1: Ezekiel with the and, with the evidence missing, yeah.
3: So he had he had uh, some video on his phone that he was going to try to blackmail Ezekiel with of him uh, inappropriate stuff. Yeah, and uh, some encounters, yes. we'll say. Anyway, to, to thinking on his feet, you know, he says, you know, you and I.
2: H- you did h- something hooked to me. Up. And
3: it I'm not trying to be crass here, but this is just so funny. I had to I had to include this in my notes. He said, "You played my butt like jazz." <laughs> that is like the funniest <laughs> thing I've ever heard. He's like, "Ezekiel, you played my butt like jazz."
1: And Ezekiel like legitimately like believes this because
3: he's had so many encounters. encounters.
1: He's probably like, uh, "Probably did." You know, that was me. That was probably me. Yeah. So, he gets uh, information about uh, this additive, this substance. Compound V. Compound V.
3: We also have Starlight's big speech where she... Go, girl. Absolutely. Go, girl. She walks out there following the script, and then she's like, you know what? Can we just just stop, and I'm going to tell you how I really feel? Yeah. Which is what I think... More people should do, in the um, appropriate time and place. Um,
1: yeah. Um, I think today they would the, the kids today would say yes, queen. I think is what they say, right? I guess huh? that moment was a very yes, queen. I was definitely like, yeah, you go, girl. Go, girl. Go, 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 girl. Um, I did have a note here, and you have chosen to. You've said your piece. Uh, my note is. Homelander has an odd power moment with Huey as they are in a group to be born again in a second baptism. Uh, However, we know that this is uh, other super Ezekiel Ezekiel is living a double life and plays many sides, if you will, but has the mask of Christianity behind him. This is a very big problem in this nation, actually. Uh, Ministers and preachers living double lives, but using the go tell them event style stuff and crusades to brainwash the masses is the the message this episode is giving out. Uh, it kind of gave me chills for many reasons. One, because growing up, I went to these events. I did too. I went. We've to never these, talked about that before. These but winter I did fests too. and these massive gatherings of of. And again, the notes that I write actually do not reflect my true belief in real life, but in pushing agendas and propaganda. These massive gatherings. Uh, yeah, I think, yeah I, 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 to them.
3: I think the point that Starlight was trying to make was, you know, you can still have faith, but it's okay to not be perfect. Yes. And it seems like oh, I just I don't want to I don't want to get. Too deep into this, but it, it, she's she's commenting on the fact that that's sort of the expectation that these people are presenting them with, like, and you know, the kid asked her a question, a pretty inappropriate question about her history, and you know, she starts. Starlight was gonna share with with her, you know. Minister
1: goes, yeah, he kind of gives that look, like, hey, you can't say, tell him what we told you to tell.
3: Exactly, you know, and you know, in my opinion
1: sometimes it's just better to be upfront on us absolutely you know absolutely that's that's just I mean right. that's you know even starlight in her speeches is, is saying when you grow up you actually grow up and go out on your own mm-hmm. and aren't in the safety of this this umbrella life's a little different
3: you got to make your own choices yeah. and you got to figure
1: things out man absolutely you know uh, and this episode I think did it well but also gave us that Wow, mentality. Yeah, uh, and um, the the moment where MM is what Butch calls mother's milk. MM M. and Butch find the babies uh, in the lab being injected with this stuff.
3: That was brilliant, dude. When he got the baby and used him as a weapon, and, and he, was a like, laser. he was like, "It's like a little <laughs> little mini uh, Homelander with the yeah. the laser yeah, with and the stuff." Gun.
1: And he's like, "I love this thing." Yeah, <laughs> and he kills all the guards and he sets it he... back in peacefully. What does he say to him? He says, "You're a good lad. Keep your nose clean, or I'll come back and stomp you." That's it. <laughs> you know, it's just Mother's Milk's. They're like, "Uh, that's not like you." You know, and he's like, "You're a good boy." You know? Yeah, he's that a baby. was I mean, he's brilliant. A baby. I loved it. That was a funny scene. Um, and imagine in our world, somebody looks at you and says, "Josh, um, I heard that Batman was looking for you." She, like, oh crap!
3: He gonna have to find me first, <laughs> and he probably could. <laughs> he
1: probably could. When he says Black Noir is looking for you, it's like he's like oh, Black Noir, Black yeah. Noir. You know, because he's the quiet he's the Batman
3: uh as powerful as Homelander is I think I would definitely be more, more afraid, afraid of Black, of Black Noir <laughs> yeah because of the, the mystery surrounding yeah, it's
1: the it. quiet ones you gotta look at uh but the episode ends with the Wolverine opportunity of healing abilities and um that really pushes us towards the oh Kimiko, there's more to Kamiko than meets the eye um but I liked this episode like Me I said too. it might be our favorite episode for many reasons yeah
3: Alright, that leads us to episode 6, The Innocents. Now informed, the boys know Vought has used super charities to smuggle Compound V disguised as polio vaccines to make super babies since 1971. Annie learns that Ashley was fired and still will demand she comply with her designed image. Annie refuses, remarking that firing her after reporting a sexual assault would hurt Vought. It's all politics. Mm -hmm. Stillwell, aware it was deep, has him apologize publicly and transfers him to Sandusky, Ohio for a sabbatical. And do you think they were ever going to bring him back? No. I don't either. Butcher brings Huey to a collateral damage survivor support group. I love this scene. But leaves (laughs) after yelling at them for doing nothing to get justice. Alone, Butcher explains to Huey that Homelander raped his wife and she went missing shortly thereafter. Frenchie and Milk get help from Mesmer, a telepath, which is played by... Haley Joel Osment. Haley Joel Osment. Forrest Gump Jr. himself. I see dead people. The voice to yeah. Sora and King of lots Hearts. of things. Uh, so, Frenchie and Milk get help from Mesmer, a telepath, to see into the mind of the female. Mesmer reveals the female was kidnapped, along with her brother, by the Shining Light Liberation Army terrorist group, and her name is Kimiko. They learn that Vaught is making Compound V-boosted terrorists to push militarization of supers. Butcher tells Raynor, but when she refuses to target Homelander, he calls the whole deal off. Meanwhile, Mesmer gives Homelander surveillance photos of the boys. Huey and Annie share a kiss, but Butcher finds out, warning Huey not to fraternize with the enemy, and threatens to tell her about Translucent.
1: a jerk. I mean, I understand his play. He's... Worried about their operation, and I think he's worried about Huey as well. Um,
3: yeah, but I think his number one concern is his is his revenge. Yeah, and if you aren't helping him get that revenge, or you're getting in the way of it happening, By, then you know
1: you gotta go. Yeah, uh, I loved Annie's power play against Stillwell. Yeah, like, no, she's. I'm not gonna wear that. Suit. She's figuring uh, yes, things out are. at this she's point. Like, no, because blah 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 she gives the whole speech and she's like i need a second to decide what i'm going to do but i mean if i'm the deep you've got to know you're not coming back this isn't a sabbatical Oh, i don't think he knew that he's an idiot i don't
3: think he knew that until i guess it was like the last episode when he's like oh i'm i'm getting out of here you know F Ohio, yeah, and the dude—they've got Cedar Point. The dude that was like his liaison or whatever yeah. was like actually, actually you're uh, no, you're not lead
1: so so we will k- start season two with quite a few members of the seven. Well, he
3: kind of he he, he kind of had like a Britney Spears moment. I've got that in my end.
1: note. Two thousand seven Britney Spears moment. Yeah, <laughs> for the so, deep,
3: I uh, would definitely want to see where where that leads. Yeah, so definitely. season two, uh huh. Uh, I love the uh, collateral damage support group.
1: I have it written right here. Definitely would be a thing because genuinely think about the collateral in just Superman and Zod's fight in Man of Steel. Mm-hmm. Just, just that.
3: Like they're do. I'm doing the right thing to try to save Earth and everything, yeah. but along the way, a lot of people are going to get hurt, and yeah. there's
1: going to be a lot of like you know. There's. I mean, Avengers. Yeah, that was, that was a whole
3: storyline.
1: There's a whole storyline of like, look at what you did in New York. Look yeah. at what you did to this. Look at what you did here. Look, at, There's collateral damage, yeah. Cap, and things you guys have got to be put in check. And you've got to be well, all the Of accountable. course, there would be support groups for that stuff. People
3: who were affected and maimed by their yes. interactions with superheroes. Yes, uh, yes. The poor, poor guy that was. The poor marketing guy. Marketing yeah. guy. He had a little relationship with Ice Princess. Ice who, Princess she can turn herself like sub zero temperatures
1: and she turned basically turns herself into an ice
3: and uh he he was he found himself with the with the misfortune of being like her boyfriend for a while and mm-hmm. that led and to a uh, lost
1: a part of his manhood he did in the in the collateral damage rogan seth rogan makes a cameo in this episode did he yeah when they're doing like the clips of like uh Deep apologizing, and then A Train's over here in a commercial, and all that. And uh, he's Rogan sitting with Black Noir on a talk show, and Black Noir is just sitting there. And Rogan's doing the talk, and he goes, I'm really excited to be with the Vought Cinematic Universe. This is my first movie with the VCU, That's and all right. that. And I was like, Ha, huh, brilliant! That's right, Drilliant. I remember that right. now. Yeah, well, he's a producer. Of the show? Of the show. And oh. you can tell that there's some Rogan oh, he's stuff a, in there. He's a pretty big nerd. Yes, exactly. And uh, Haley Joel Osment is not aged well. No. Poor guy. Poor guy. He's uh, older than us, isn't he? Yeah, a little bit. A few years older than us.
3: Yeah, you really feel bad for him, though. He's he's this washed up, has been... That you see at comic Hero, celebrity guy... And
1: who had a child? Oh man, TV
3: that poor guy! Like he, th- their their play of getting to Mesmer is uh, mm has a connection to like child services, and yeah. he gets to uh, see gets his him a, a chance to see his daughter. And the poor guy, man, his daughter is just totally apathetic about it.
1: Yeah, just like hi, Charles.
3: It's like I don't really even I know, don't you. Really know who you. You know, are, so man, that would suck.
1: And he gives her a whole box set of the show that he did yeah and he's like you can get to know your father a little more and she goes I don't have a DVD player so thanks but no thanks thanks but no thanks I was like yeah. man that's
3: yeah I felt bad for Mesmer cause he wants to be he even said like I wanna be one of the good guys again he was trying to get was it Homelander to yeah. like get him a job and he's yeah. like you know I I don't even care what you pay me it doesn't matter I, I just wanna be one of the good guys well, but he doesn't
1: He's still twisted that they're doing the good guy. Work. He doesn't realize yeah. they're
3: not the good guys. Yeah. I think he's just really trying hard to make his daughter proud. Yeah. Like, you know, mesmer's my dad, and then yeah. he can have a relationship with her again if he's doing stuff like that. But didn't really. Yeah,
1: work out. Uh, I, I felt bad for him. I, really I did too.
3: Okay, what was the deal with? Oh, it was home. Okay, so we get the little flashback of Homelander's childhood in this episode in a lab. So, I hate Homelander, but anything with, like, babies and kids and stuff, like, that really tugs it, tugs at it my heart. And the poor little guy was sitting in that room all alone, mm-hmm. and the only interaction he was having with, with people was, like, the two dudes would come, you know, look in the window and wave at him. And he was just so happy to see somebody, yeah. you know? It made me so sad. Poor, Poor baby Homelander.
1: But they're doing these, like little steals with every superhero about their childhood these fake stories about their childhood and you know like so they take him to this farmhouse that's very Clark Kent looking and he's like I remember you know playing baseball And
3: my father and my I would build would these model and, airplanes yeah. and my mother would be in the kitchen making apple pie
1: yes oh man he taught me how to throw hit a butt baseball baseball became my favorite sport
3: Let's just say we did a lot of winning. Yeah.
1: Just yeah. very like, I played this American sport. He, Look at my American farm. He, he knew how to play the bit. Oh, he's so good at it. Um, but uh, they make you feel for what created them, but at the same time hate what they are at times you know it's kind of like you said you know you feel for what created Homelander what made him this poor sociopathic terrible human being but he's a terrible human being so you don't like him but you do kind of feel for oh man you know he had a lonely past and he was raised in a lab and blah 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 I would feel the same way too you know I agree yeah. so shall we move on alright we're
3: almost there episode 7 the self preservation society Hugh and Annie book a hotel room where their relationship uh, begins to
1: move to, uh, to the next level move
3: on. and Hughie agrees to introduce her to his father Deep finds his transfer to Sandusky, Ohio beyond dull Deep brings a fan to his apartment who proceeds to sexually assault him by painfully inserting her fingers into his gills That whole thing made me cringe so much. Oh, and the gills thing, it just really... But he deserved every bit of what he was getting. Meanwhile, A-Train needs more workouts after Compound V destroyed his system. Homelander holds a meeting to discuss Huey killing Translucent, extorting Ezekiel, and A-Train killing Robin, during which he angrily accuses Starlight of co-conspiracy. Maeve defends Starlight. When A-Train calls Huey, saying he is holding his dad hostage, the boys realize Mesmer betrayed them. Huey obtains some compound V allowing uh, Kimiko to blindside and cripple A-Train. Butcher kills Mesmer brutally, might I add. Remembering when Mallory had first told him about Homelander. Homelander asks Dr. Vogelbaum about Becca Butcher, who informs him that Becca was pregnant with his child but both died on the table and Vought covered it up. Questioning the revelation's timing, Vogelbaum expresses regret raising him in a lab, calling Homelander his greatest failure. And I loved hearing somebody look him in the eye and say, you're my greatest failure, you're nothing to me. You're nothing to me. me. Butcher calls Raynor to protect Huey and Milk's families in exchange for evidence. As Raynor charges Stilwell and Vought, she then learns of the superhuman terrorist Nakib... I guess that's how you say it. Yeah. Annie confronts Huey, who translates explains... Translates to
1: uh, Captain. Does it? Yeah, translates to Captain.
3: Annie confronts Huey, who explains Vaught's use of Compound V, and Butcher arrives shortly after to extract
1: Huey after shooting Annie. Yeah. Um- Shoots her. What a jerk. I mean, she's not dead, obviously, because she's a soup. And she also has super strength, and she's kind of bulletproof.
3: Yeah, I mean... This episode just kind of moved really fast. I, I really didn't take any notes I on this. Your one.
1: flashback was cool though, because you get to meet Butcher's wife and see him without the beard at the Christmas party. Mm-hmm. And uh, uh, his wife is played by the mother vampire in Twilight. Oh, or an Esme. Okay, or, uh, Esme. I don't know. Yeah, um, she's also a reoccurring character in Grey's Anatomy as well, um, and. You kind of also learn that Homelander's in the dark about some things. Yeah, that for once he's
3: well, and he's,
1: Hol- he's kind of like, wait, I'm not.
3: Being Homelander thinks this, you know, he thinks he runs the show, and yeah. so for him to not know something, that's a big deal, yeah. for especially
1: right. for a sociopath, right? Like, oh, I'm not in control here. Yeah. Um, and
3: I, I love the scene that he has with Vogelbaum. Vogelbaum is like a, a guy who, basically, he's like one of the original. Uh, Founders of of, of, Vought. of Vought, you know this whole idea of infusing the babies with the Compound V and turning mm-hmm. them into superheroes. He was a part of that. He's and,
1: uh, played by uh, Falcon from Gotham.
3: Really, he yeah. did seem familiar.
1: Carmine Falcon um, from the series Gotham.
3: But I love that scene because he. We said earlier, like there's a couple people who are not afraid of Homelander. He's not. He's one of them, and I would say Butcher's the other one.
1: Yeah.
3: Um. But he didn't care. Like, he de- he doesn't care to look at him and tell him what a schmuck he is and yeah. tell him, you know, you're a disappointment, you're you my biggest to, failure.
1: I felt bad. It's like, what do you want me to And
3: you to? could, like, the look on his face when he heard him say that, that destroyed yeah. him. Like, everyone thinks he's so great, yeah. and now he's hearing somebody say, you know, like, you're,
1: you're trash, you're garbage. Yeah, that's because everybody's afraid to tell him he's garbage. Um, the way The way it kind of goes down, like, he's... You know, he's like, I don't want your apology, old man. He's no, you don't understand. I'm not giving you an apology. You were my biggest regret, my biggest failure. And he could have just like killed him. He could have melted him. But right it's there almost like it just emasculated him. It did. That's just yeah. That's, of, that's that's oh a great way God. to explain just, it. How? Uh, I'm gonna go cry to mommy. You know? Uh, yeah. They speaking can, weird. Uh,
3: very Is she str- his mom? No, I no no because they had like a you know they had a little uh yeah. encounter yeah uh later that, on. But
1: they also have a weird. They have
3: a very weird relationship. I didn't get it. It made me uncomfortable
1: because. But I
3: think it's because he longed for that. He lacked that. You know, he grew up
1: in a lab or whatever. So yeah. it's comforting to him. She knows how to play it too. Yes,
3: she totally my, controls my sweet him. Boy, my favorite
1: yeah. boy. Have I been? Have I not been showing you enough attention? Come here, sit down.
3: There was one moment, like in an earlier episode, she's holding you know, the baby, and he's so jealous of her baby. He <laughs> looks at it like he's like... I can't remember what he says. He says something way over the line, and she looks at him, and she's like, we need boundaries. Yeah. I'm like, what a great way to yeah. end an argument. We need boundaries. We need boundaries, and that was it. And she just turned around and walked off. It's like If I tried to ever use that, I would get smacked. So. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Um, Why don't you try it and tell me how it goes <laughs> next time? Uh, next time you get in trouble, you yeah, do that. We need
1: boundaries. You tell me how it goes. You're going to be my guinea pig on that. All right, I can do that. Um, you know, I uh, it's like I said earlier. Deep deserved every bit of what he was getting. I didn't feel bad for him at one second. You know, I just didn't.
3: Was was this episode the one when he tried to? To get the the lobster from the grocery store, yeah. he was gonna have a friend, and then they they stabbed took him the out lobster. of the yeah. and They stabbed him right in the head and killed him. Yeah,
1: cracked it open. Yeah, and you're just like because they're playing that. Uh, after that, there he's when he shaves his head and all that. Yeah, that's when he, has, he has his, his Brit- 2007 Britney, Britney,
3: Britney Spears moment. Uh,
1: they're playing Everybody Hurts. <laughs> oh yeah, <laughs> um, and Simon Pegg's pretty versatile. Like. The bit, the bits that he's in this, I'm also thinking about like Shaun of the Dead, Simon Pegg. Um, Ready Player One, Simon Pegg, Star Trek, Simon Pegg. You know, he's he's a pretty versatile actor. I like Simon Pegg. Me too. Um, but yeah, like I said, this one kind of flew through, just like, and and not flew through like a lot of people say, season eight of Game of Thrones did. But just Not flew
3: through in a pacing
1: way, but yeah. flew through like there was a lot happening yes. and fast.
3: That whole episode was like, bam, 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 yeah. bam, bam, lots we're going on. We're getting
1: close to the, you know, and I think uh, there's not really much to say on it. I no,
3: know. I did say here, though, we were talking about, you know, Vogelbaum kind of standing up to Homelander and telling him what a jabroni he is. And um, I think he was the first and only person to call him John.
1: Yeah. I think. Because uh, even he's like, hello, John. And yeah. And it's like, wow, I can tell it's been a while since we've seen each other because nobody calls me John anymore. Yeah. He's yeah. like, I do.
3: Because he don't care. Yeah. Bubble yeah, Bomb don't care. Don't care. <laughs> All right, the grand finale. Episode 8. You yes, found sir. me. You found me. I, that was, I had that same yeah, thought. Man. Stop. Get out of my head. <laughs> The Pentagon classifies Compound V, the boys are fugitives, and Annie confronts her mother. Vaught denies Deep's return to the Seven, causing him an emotional breakdown. Here he is. Britney Spears moments in this one. An injured A-train, angry at being racially profiled while out of costume, rebounds to Compound 5, causing Nathan, his brother and coach and manager, to quit. Butcher takes Huey to Mallory, who refuses participation but informs them about Stillwell and warns Huey about Butcher and his craving for vengeance. So we haven't talked about Mallory much, but Mallory was sort of the person who created the boys originally, years ago. Yeah. She's sort of the one who got Butcher started on this path. And she got to the point where, because she's suffered losses too, her grandchildren were killed by lamplighter. Yeah, and, and incinerator. And finally she bows out, and Butcher, like she's saying, he's got that craving for vengeance, he's never going to let it go.
1: was it she says... Um... She says it's a slippery slope that leads you to a dead end. Yeah, something she says that to Huey, and right, and that's
3: that. Butcher's not going to accept that. Yeah, you know, he he, like we said earlier, like
1: if you're not helping him get his revenge, you don't listen. You're not going to accept it.
3: Huey promptly leaves Butcher to ask for Annie's help, but she refuses out of distrust. Later, Maeve opens up and asks Starlight to be herself again. Homelander privately confesses to Stillwell that he secretly made the super-terrorist, and they have relations. At a, at a black site, Huey, who smuggled in his old retainer, has Frenchie pick the lock so Milk can free Kimiko. Starlight rescues them, but A-Train soon arrives, so Huey and Starlight delay him until A-Train suffers a heart attack. Huey applies CPR, but Starlight takes over so he can escape. Butcher takes Stilwell hostage, strapped with explosives to bait Homelander. Homelander, after revealing he tortured Vogelbaum for the truth about Becca, kills Stillwell. Brutal Brutally. death. Homelander saves Butcher from his suicide explosion and takes him to the home where Becca has been raising Homelander's son in secret. Stunning, both Butcher and Becca.
1: And credits right then. Wow. What a... What a... What a twist! Yeah,
3: um, big surprise ending. Why and does
1: Homelander do that?
3: I think to, in Homelander's mind, he wins right there. Look, I've got a son. I've got this legacy here. I've I've got a family. Everything I ever wanted, and you lose, Billy Butcher. I brought you so you could see it. And the fact that you know he saved him. You know, I I think the fact Butcher knowing
1: that Homelander saved him—that's got to drive him crazy from his mission. Yeah, because he was like, even though Stillwell's dead, and that was his, you know, his kryptonite play. He was going to kill Stillwell to to hurt Homelander. You know, like then Homelander kills Stillwell, and he's like, okay, so what was that plan of yours again? And Butcher's just like, ah, forget it. And you think, wow, he blew... I was left with... Him. What about the baby?
3: Dude, that's what I wrote down too, because...
1: Did Olander save her baby too? Yeah. Or leave it there in the explosion. Know, I, I hate to it.
3: say it, but I don't think that he... Because he hated that baby. Yeah. Um. Now, maybe he feels differently after he was able to let, let Stillwell go because he knows she was not honest with him. Mm-hmm. So maybe... Maybe he let that go and I'd like to think he saved the baby, but I just don't see it happening. Yeah. But yeah, that was my thought too, you know. Anything this, with kids, this, I'm like this hey,
1: being a Eric Kripke show. He had to bring in a supernatural character. Uncle Bobby is the Pentagon guy that Stillwell's talking to at the beginning. Oh. That's Uncle just shut up. Okay. You don't care.
3: I'm sorry. Supernatural I, I lost that. I lost that character in uh, season uh, 39 of yeah. Supernatural. Yeah, <laughs> Missed yeah. him
1: somehow. He's in season 9, but, you know. Oh, well, then oh, I, I saw it. Yeah. Exactly. I just don't remember it. Um, I, l- I did like the... They gave us a moment between M.M. and Frenchie, though. In the prison cell.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: You know, where they kind of... Somewhat, you know, they bear the hatchet. They love each other, really. They somewhat bear the hatchet.
3: Um, There's so much history, like you know, there's the they keep saying oh the Mallory thing, you know, Mallory and um, the the tension between Frenchie and MM and all the lamplighter stuff and all this. I would love for there to be more like not not necessarily like a prequel, but like more flashbacks. I want to see more of the first, like the the origin of the boys when they first started you know that yeah, that's what um, i want to see in season 2
1: and and it really is a brilliant twist mhm very brilliant twist
3: but um, what sucks is that now there's two
1: homelanders yeah um, i don't like that however you know where are we at with the 7 um going into going into season 2 uh actually before we get to this Black Noir plays the piano hmm. very well hmm <laughs> doesn't say a thing the entire show could you like that's the character I want to play no lines to remember oh that'd be great um, two actions sequences other than that you're like the snake Eyes in the G.I. Joe you just and he's like the people. most intimidating character too exactly out of all the seven you get to show off your piano skills yeah Um, that's, that's the character I'd want to play because they'd be like, so, you don't speak. Oh, cool. I like the
3: cool, irony cool, cool. because it's like, you know, Black Noir, he's so scary. He's intimidating and fierce and deadly. But, like, he makes, he does yoga and he meditates and he, plays the piano. what was not There was a little video package of him, like, making some sort of tea yeah, or something. Yeah, making some sort he of tea. He plays the piano.
1: Um, When, in the clip with Seth Rogen's going, you know, I really loved working with Black Noir. He's really easy to... to work with and Black Noir just Yeah. Just nods. and it's just, Sits
2: there.
3: Yeah,
1: yeah, yeah, yeah. I agree. I agree. Without saying it. Alright, so going into season two, what do you hope to see? Uh wanna see it pick up right where it
3: left off. Mm-hmm. You know? Uh wanna know what happened to A Train. Yeah. Hopefully we find out what happened to Stillwell's baby. Oh yeah. <clears throat> I'm always thinking about the kiddos. Um Uh wanna see the fallout of Butcher and Rebecca being reunited. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I'd really like to see some uh, uh, you know, flashback stuff of uh, the early, yeah. early
1: boys. Yeah. You know? Uh, I agree. Um, which I think we will. You know, I'm a f- huge Kripke fan. I, I trust him. Uh, he'll get us taken care of. Uh, so, this has been great, man. Oh, yeah. Uh, loved the show. Uh, we'll watch it again. And... Uh, next week we're gonna continue our journey into middle earth yeah
2: we're
3: gonna complete our long walk to mount doom uh (laughs) our long
1: walk and uh toss this dadgum ring into this fiery pit and call it done call it dunsky uh we will return next week with um nerd of the rings three return of the nerd so send in all of your lord of the rings return of the king questions uh, or just questions about the Tolkien verse, uh, we'll answer those as well. It's a great uh, time
3: for you to rewatch Return of the King absolutely. yourself,
1: and I'm going to rewatch the extended. Well, this will be my first time watching yeah. the extended version, so uh, we'll get that uh, taken care of, and we'll, uh, I guess, we'll do it again later. All right, we will catch you, nerds, later.
3: some of you have been a little out of sorts.
0: Erratic. Unreliable. Downright sloppy. Not you, Noir. You've been great. You've been listening to the 30 and Nerdy Podcast with your hosts, Tyler McDaniel and Josh Davis. Brought to you by Encore Theatrical Company, Akiva Express, Creative Theater, and Advertising Expressions. Find us, follow us, and like us on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook. Visit our website, 30andnerdypodcast.com. Got something to tell us? Drop us an email, 30andnerdypod at gmail.com. Until next time, cheers to you, nerds!